The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. Well, well, kind of. He no clips in and then he's like, hey, you got some food and water? He walks through the wall. Doesn't beams he? in. That's what the new body's like, boys. Get ready for the resurrection. You can no clip. <laughs> Joel, badass moment. I was going to say when you no clip through the wall. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. I just, that's the one that brought me the closest to Gnosticism. I think- <laughs> All right. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. This is a special episode. We're doing, we're covering Easter. And this is the second episode with our new microphones, and it's very nice. To my left is... I'm Joel. And to my left... I'm Colton. And to my left... Is Joshua. And to my left... Is... It's me. It's me, yes. Caleb. Yeah. We've kind of gone in a full, full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Um, Joel, we, uh, we do some stuff online. Yeah, we're trying to be more active online with uh, our engagement and our uh, responding to comments and emails and the like, um, just making sure to follow our mission statement, you know, creating conversation in the Christian worldview. And one way we do that is by getting you guys to respond on uh, secondrightsaints.com, on our YouTube channel, also Second Rate Saints, on our Instagram, um, also Second Rate Saints. We're pretty consistent. Um, thankfully, we weren't really fighting for the name. Um, but yeah, if you could check us out on that, um, we have pretty regular uploads at this point and we're looking into new projects for the future. So be there when it happens, you know, Joel's polls on Instagram. I like them. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. We have done a couple fun, uh, little questions. Yes. They're very good. Very fun answers too. We love it when people respond. Yeah. Except for one guy. (laughs) (laughs) Or when they send us emails, emails, fan emails are, are was that one guy me? What? What? It was Josh. <laughs> um, Josh, very relevant to our topic. Yes. You do some reading. You do some light reading. I do some light reading. A book that's about 120 pages long. Um, Tell oh, me, what have you read? I read The Resurrection Resurrection Hope and the Death of Death by Michael L. Chase. It's awesome. Actual reveal of book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so by the short studies of biblical theology... Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great book. So what he covers is obviously the resurrection, but what he does is as biblical theology goes through the law, specifically the law, the prophets, the writings, the gospels, acts, letters, revelation. Awesome. Um, okay. and what he does is he presents, um, because resurrection happens very few times other than Christ. Um, he presents a whole pattern of how God is Lord over death and a pattern of life through death yeah, or life from death does events. He, does he get into the distinction between, at least generally I've seen this with when they get to the um, resurrection of Christ, there's resuscitation and there's resurrection. Mm-hmm. Also called, the first one is also revivification, yeah. which is one of, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Does he get into that or, or not, not so much? He doesn't. I've um, seen systematicians get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but like the stuff he covers is like, the pattern of, which is similar to James M. Hamilton Jr.'s uh, salvation uh, through judgment. What is it? God's glory and salvation through judgment? Yes. Um, thank you, Caleb. No problem. The, uh, about how 
after judgment events, there's a necessary rebuilding and a bettering of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he gets into Noah's desecration and re- the decreation and recreation of the world, which is a story of judgment and then new life, new creation, um, which is a theme you see in Paul talking about uh, Jesus, the burning of the old man and the old world and the making of the new world. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you've got the barren wombs of Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah Mm -hmm. um, and how they, they're all, they can't have children. Mm -hmm. They're essentially their, their ancestries, their family lines are dead Mm -hmm. and God resurrects them, Mm -hmm. um, brings them to life um, by making them able to have kids. He makes a nation out of nothing. Well, and that, that pattern of bringing new life mm-hmm. after judgment and all that stuff that actually is yeah. going to get into our, once we finish yeah. with our uh, Joseph episode, the next yes. episode after that, we're going through uh, Roger Strong said seven cycle typology. Yes. So it's going to oh, go yeah. to a light overview. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. directly that, but yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, it's stay love, tuned for that. Yes. I love the healing of the Baron as a typology of resurrection. Here's the other thing, right? Mm-hmm is so he goes through the deliverance of Isaac, the rise of Joseph, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. the rescue of baby Moses. And again, with the rescue of baby Moses, you see the same thing at the cross where it's the means of destruction is the means of salvation. Okay. So Mm. the killing of the firstborn through the Nile is also what brings Moses to the place where he can save Israel. So it's the thing that is the destructive force is what saves them. Um, And then... You've got the exodus of the Israelites, them passing through the waters, the symbol of baptism, dying, stuff like that. You've got the dying and the rising in the wilderness. Deuteronomy 32, 29, there's a reference where God says, I make, I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Mm -hmm. And the order is implicit that it's, he kills and then makes alive of the thing, Mm. not their separate occurrences, um, which is a cool thing that's implicit in the Hebrew there. Um, and then I will ri- I will raise up one like Moses. Mm. And then Peter directly references that later on. And he says, Christ, r- uh, God raised up Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Hannah's barrenness and her song. Um, in 1 Samuel 2.6, I just want to read this real quick. He makes this really cool point. If I can search through the Bible here. Um, bear with me. Bear with mm-hmm. me. Bear with me. That's that's what God said to Hannah, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, 2.6, he says, the <laughs> Lord gives both death and life. He brings down to the grave, but raises up. Mm. So mm. like, it's in every reference where you see this, he kills, he just, he takes away and he gives all these things. It's the negative happens. And then in Job, he spe- got, Job specifically says, though after my flesh is destroyed and my body is destroyed, I will be with God in my flesh in yep. righteousness. That's right. Yep. No, I've, heard, I've yeah. heard this one used. And yeah. so like, there's this whole hope of a, a life with God after references death and then life, not death as the end thing. Hmm. Uh, Valley of dry bones, obviously the suffering servant, mm-hmm. Hezekiah's terminal disease is healed. God is clearly presented throughout the Old Testament as Lord over death. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not even trivial of a thing for him to deal with. Yeah. And so when it comes 
For us, though, it's huge. And so when yeah. it comes to the Jesus, right, on the resurrection, he's like, did the angels are like, did, were you not listening to Jesus? Yeah. Right? And they're like, this is immense. Um, and it's just this, it's really cool how he shows, it's obviously seen in the New Testament, but like as, you know, Gentile Christians who, though we study the Old Testament ourselves, many lay people don't. And so they don't see these patterns that are like clearly building the foundation for resurrection. It's seen as something completely new. Um, and he does a great job. Yeah. yeah. I haven't done the uh, book review section. Book review on we have, it yet. Out of all of the book reviews that we have up, that mm-hmm. series is, uh, I think this is going to be very the fifth one. Yeah. Oh, Maybe. really? Yeah. It's, that is such a good series. What's the series called again? It is the uh, Short Studies in Biblical Theology. Mm-hmm. By Crossway. By Crossway. Um, I think and, we consistently give them pretty good reviews as well. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. Honestly. Yeah. We've done... Where's the pictures that they have in the back? They have little pictures in the back. Josh really likes covers. This is Oh, hang <laughs> yeah. on. I, it's uh, very As important. I normally do. One to ten. What is the cover? This one? Not high. Um, what? No, Come on. no, it's the same it's as the others, but a different color. No, <laughs> no, I like the simplicity, like their general design. So, like that whole tie, because it doesn't look super academic. It looks like approachable for somebody that's not a deep theologian, which, but you get deep theological ideas. Point. Which yeah. is what it is. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, which makes this much more approachable than the new studies in biblical theology, though it's also a great series. Mm-hmm. Yes. Way um, more academic, though. It's the, for the lay person, the bite out of the fruit is a much less obvious symbol of what's going on than the other pictures. Like it's a cocoon. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I I mean, I thought I misunderstood it. Yeah. But the, uh, the butterflies Um, melted down completely. Whereas like, um, here, look, the Royal priesthood has the menorah, Mm -hmm. right? Directly tied to the priestly Mm -hmm. duties. Um, the Lord's Supper has the cup and bread. Like these are jo- Josh is Josh is a little bit of a Puritan with his covers. And I'm I do, just I find it funny. Yeah. Um, the what the, would be your overall rating of the book though? Oh, rating uh, four and a half out of five. Five ten. Yeah. Oh, okay. Out of five. No, out of twenty. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> out of nineteen, some arbitrary number. I chose. Yeah. Four and a half halos. I get it. That's good. Yeah. Um. And then he ends with the return of exile and then he gets to the new Testament. Um, it's a great book. I've never read anything by this guy, mm-hmm. by Mitchell L. Chase, but he's good. Yeah. He doesn't dumb it down, but it's his speech is naturally approachable. Okay. Yeah. He's great. Um, and Caleb, that brings us into our episode. It does. So as people will have noticed, this is not on Joseph. No, because um, Easter, Good Friday, Holy Week is going to be is coming upon us. And when this mm-hmm. video, when this uh, audio actually drops, it'll be right in the middle of that. Um, we're going to do a little special episode on Easter and generic crucif- tr- Jesus trial, crucifixion and resurrection, more specifically. Jesus' yeah. passion. Uh, we're not going to go so much <laughs> in the Passion Week. The passion? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, Passion General, but right. Passion Week would be um, Palm Sunday. Palm yeah, Sunday too. Yeah. Jesus and we're going to be focusing more on Good Friday to uh, to um, 
Jesus is quite passionate about this, though. Thanks. You were holding that in, yeah, eh? Yeah, ties it in, No, I, I was about to say it, and then you cut me off, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It would have been funnier closer to the... Um, Josh, do you want to take it away? Starting stuff off strong with Jesus' trial. Jesus' trial. Um, so, Jesus gets brought. He's betrayed by one of the 12. Biggest... Top ten betrayals. Top ten anime <laughs> betrayals. <laughs> I mean, who, do you get, who does he get uh, betrayed by? Everyone knows. Judas the Betrayer. <laughs> oh no! It's well, like the only thing Judas is known for. But there's two Judases. Well, and being yeah, um, nobody knows the and one. having yeah. a problem with the money. Um, having a what? problem when with the money? The, stealing. No, <laughs> when the uh, the woman who washes his uh, feet yep. with the perfume and anoints him. Yeah. Um, he's like, Dead "What are you out. doing?" Like we could yeah, have said, yeah. give that to the homeless people, and then Jesus is like, yeah. "You'll always have homeless people. I won't always be here, though." <laughs> like yeah. Eugene, uh, was it Peterson? Just message version yeah. <laughs> of what? the event. Yeah, just, yeah. ah, you always have. You always have this. Hey, I had to summarize the the event. People know what the event is. <laughs> They've read it. Yeah. You know, the homeless aren't going anywhere. It's like, <laughs> oh, that, that makes it sound really bad, but that's that, not the spirit. Of some, that, it's not the spirit of the message, mm-hmm. but it does sound like that sometimes when you read the story. Yeah. Is that how the message portrays it? No, no, it's just, no? It's just oh. when you read it the first time as like a person, like as a new Christian or whatever, you're like, and then Jesus says, you will always have the poor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just. It sounds like Jesus is it's a little dismissive. <laughs> it seems. Yeah. Or like we'll never fix the problem, yeah. but that's besides the point. So he's betrayed by Judas on the Mount of Olives and he's taken by his disciples um, to the high priest and his father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think only priest. John actually records specifically how the order yep. of events goes down in like detail. Yeah. I think the synoptic gospels kind of just like, anyway, so then they go over here. And events happen. Anyway, moving on. They get the big points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas John, I th- if my memory is right, well, I think it is. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, John records a, a lot more of Jesus goes here, then he goes there, and then mm-hmm. he goes to see Herod, and then he goes to, yeah. And throw yeah. in between his Peter's denials and stuff. So it's a very play-by-play, play, this is what's happening at this time. Yeah, right? exactly. And um, generally what happens is he's, we'll go into detail in some of this stuff, but he's convicted of blasphemy by the high priests. Mm-hmm. Um, he is whipped beyond recognition, um, mocked by the then king of Israel, um, hmm. like Herod. Herod, kind of, yeah, yeah. But, well, not like Herod goes, "Hey, what's up, bro? Give show me miracle." And Jesus yeah. is just, yeah. Mm. And then he's like, "Ah, go away, then." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Pilate's like, oh, "Come on, he's part of. He's from Galilee. He should be your problem." <laughs> yeah. Um, he's then um, he's crucified as a traitor. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. He's brought yeah. forward like the the Sanhedrin. Yeah. Uh, they f- convict him of yeah. blasphemy. Is it the Sanhedrin or is it the priesthood? It's Sanhedrin. Okay. It is. Um, yeah. Sanhedrin convicts him of, of, of blasphemy. And and part yeah. of that is like, they can't get their story straight, all that kind of stuff. And then he's like, you know, are you, you know, and he goes, there's, there's a couple different responses. Yeah. Um, and it's the, but it's, there's the, I am yeah. statement, yeah. but then there's also like the, the Daniel seven reference. Yeah. Um, but, yes. Uh, it, but when they bring him towards Pilate, 
mm-hmm. and they go, ah, oh, he did this. And he's like, this is your own custom and laws. What do you want to do? And they're like, oh, but he's claiming to be king, king of the Jews. Yeah. That's apart from, from exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so under Roman law, it's a different charge. Yeah. And because they don't care how he ends up being killed. They just care that he's killed. Mm-hmm. Um, Pilate's really nice to him. Generally. Well, he of. tries. Yeah. yeah. But he's kind of a pushover, it seems. Oh, so as far as I know, pretty good. Yeah. the Sanhedrin would have been mostly made up of Sadducees, who were directly opposed to the idea of resurrection. Is that true? Not mostly made up. I thought it... Okay. Traditionally, it was, however, in... I thought it was Pharisees. A couple centuries before... Mm-hmm. Um, Pharisees would have been really would have been yeah yeah well, they go would have back been and forth quite a bit yeah. in the like yeah. four hundred years around yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. it would have it would have been a lot of Sadducees but dwindling yeah. up until that point mm-hmm. okay and then and by dwindling I don't mean that there was only a handful yeah. but like there yeah. was a, it was a good mix and it's then after um, like right right around the sacking and like before that the Pharisees like become the like the whole thing and then the rabbi and the synagogue system takes over yeah mm-hmm. and this and then the sacking destroys the sanhedrin system mm-hmm. so yeah yeah there's some odd nuance of of jewish law in here that i've never fully understood so. well yeah it's like mm-hmm. it's like saying you know he was convicted by the conservative party 200 years into canadian history yeah and then it's like well like what term like, yeah. like what president who was in parliament, like yeah. there's so many moving pieces well, with I mean, every Canada's year, not 200 years old, but American. Yeah. No, but this is what I mean yeah. is like, like <laughs> there's, there's so many in every few years, there's a switch over of the government. Yeah. And it's like, same with any government. There's people, pieces moving around. Yeah. And there's, there's yeah. a lot, there's actually a lot on why Caiaphas is mm-hmm. high priest and not Anias. Anas. Mm-hmm. Anas. Um, however, and who's Annas, also mentioned in the story, yeah. However, Annas yeah. is kind of presented as like, ah, but he's really the one that's kind of pulling some, and of, the, he's some of the strings. They bring it, they bring Jesus to him first before mm-hmm. Caiaphas, mm-hmm. and so it's there's yeah. a lot, especially if you if you know how Rome kind of started to take over, um, Israel during that time and how they run ran it and how they played into the, the into the Sanhedrin. It, it kind of illuminates a little bit of the the political tension and why things are mm-hmm. kind of somewhat cloak and dagger, but then kind of brought to Pilate to give it the okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. very political. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, I mean, like, that's the point that people get with Pilate. Is he a pushover or is he trying to stop a rebellion? Yeah. Or, or yeah. a little bit of both. Yeah. He, is he, he pushes back quite a bit. Until, well, he's slowly, he like tries to, he whips Jesus. It's like, is that enough? They're like, no, 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 we want you to crucify and kill him kind of thing. Uh, it's, it's until they say, if you don't do it. You're against Caesar. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And which, yeah, he, at that point, he's like, it's not worth the effort. Essentially, that's, at least that's the vibe I got. Yeah. I wipe my hands clean of this. It's not my dealing. You do it. No, no, no you're doing it kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then they kind of force him to crucify. I think one of the um, one of the super interesting things in the trial, and part of that whole when they yeah. when he he's sent to be sent to be flogged and 
and um, brought back, and then they're like, crucify him, crucify him. Mm-hmm. Pilate washes his hands, and then your blood is on you, and they go, yeah, us and our children. Um, and then he sends them off to be crucified. Um, they'd actually re-flog or re-torture them before going back. Um, at least that's, this is what my, I've read. That would be standard Roman practice, at least. Right. Um, however, during that, <clears throat> during that, um, one of the t- at, at what at some point mm-hmm. in that procedure, whether or not that standard crucifixion yeah. practice hap- occurred in Jesus' um, events, uh, I haven't totally found one yeah. way or another. But at some point, he's in the. Roman garrison, and these are, these wouldn't be legionaries; these would be auxiliary units, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but still Roman soldiers. Yeah, um, and they they mock and they all that kind of stuff, and it gets into one of the first of the four, at least from mm-hmm. what uh, D. A. Carson. I, I really like the scholar D. A. Carson in his book Scandalous, uh, which is a phenomenal book, very approachable. Um, he gets into there's four ironies that are kind of at play. Yep, and and one of them is the one who's being mocked for being king is actually the king. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so there's 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 tons of irony with this. Um, at first, there is this like you know, ah, you're the king of the Jews, and they put down this purple purple cloak on him, and they mock bowing to him, and yep. they force a crown of thorns upon his head. Yeah, and then it gets into where that's that, and that's that's the charge really that Jesus is going to be crucified under is you are claiming to be <coughs> a royal apart from caesar joel don't die oh man <coughs> <laughs> i shouldn't be drinking while i'm doing this um <laughs> drinking coffee <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah and those um those thorns are not small thorns no the bushes around yeah. that time they're they're anywhere between huge and they're anywhere between inches. i thought yeah. it was yeah, yeah. I, 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 what I've read is three quarter to two, no, I was but say, two yeah, inch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if you're from North America and you're talk, you're like thinking rose. little tiny brown brambles. Yeah, no, yeah. not yeah. the tiny roses that you grab when you, uh, or, or the blackberry bushes yeah. that you might see. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, these are like, and and then they grab a reed and they strike him on the head. Yep. Yeah. Um, after putting that yeah. upon him, and so when they when they take him out, they they then they they take the, the purple robe off. They close him. They clothe him back in his own clothes clothing, uh, and then they bring him out yeah. um, in front of Pilate one last time. Yes. But the uh, at the high priests, there's a specific mentioning that Jesus makes a quotation from Daniel, um, Daniel 7, um, about the Son of Man raised, coming on the clouds, coming on the clouds of power um, to the Ancient of Days mm-hmm. and the kingdom being given to him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when they all scream blasphemy and they tear their robes and stuff like that but it's that specific reference is so powerful because in that moment is, that's in the context of when it's like tell me are you the are you the son of the are you the messiah son of the the most high and he goes yeah i, I am. am and you will see the yep. son of man riding on the clouds and that, that's, yeah that's the but that's the, the phrase right the i yeah. am is more than just yeah yeah well it's, and it's it's, it's daniel claim, seven it's a just pseudo claim to divinity yeah, Daniel 7's already wild. Uh, Daniel yeah. 7's already presenting this son of man figure in a quasi-divine-esque yep. mixed yeah. with Davidic promised kingdom stuff, phraseology, all when, presented in 
yeah. symbols that they would understand from yeah. from and those periods. And one, well, one being like a son of man is describing what he would look like more so than like character and stuff. He looks mean? like a human. He looks like a son of man as the image. Now that's up for a huge amount of debate. Yeah. Is it? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, just because the son of man has more to do with um, being of Adam, but also being the son of God. So there is, there's, there is a claim to divinity there. Um, just yep. because that's how in, in Chronicles they trace their lineage right back to Adam. Yep. Um, so, and then I, you, don't, I, don't, I don't think it, it's just about appearance in the same well, way that yes, the image of sure, God is just yeah. about appearance. I don't and, think that's the case. Um, in that time, um, some scholars point out that uh, when someone rides the clouds of power, mm-hmm. it's both a reference to uh, the pillar of cloud and a reference to the other Near Eastern myths where when a god would ride on the clouds, it was a do- only gods did that. Yeah. Right. Well, it's actually the, the whole scenario yeah. in Daniel 7 is presented from Baal yes. essentially assaulting. So this would be Eucharistic text. Yes. Um, so this is Baal riding on the clouds to go assault the the chief god the chief god el, el. Um, his and father. usurp him and take his power yeah but in the daniel story terms are changed and it's there's a peaceful exchange of power and there's a there's a and it's all cast in davidic um yeah. covenantal phraseology and so there's there's a word picture almost in like apocalyptic literature um, there's a word picture that's used to communicate similar ideas, yeah. but then the actual context of how those ideas are recontextualized within the message that Daniel's putting forward is very different. Yeah. And so when Jesus brings us up, it's not only is the I am, and it's it, what he ties, when he ties Daniel 7 into it, it's it's just too much. It's yeah. too much for the Sanhedrin. He's He's pulling in... Every reference mm-hmm. to Messiah and Godship and God. yeah. mm-hmm. that the, the God of the I Am that yeah. was shown to Moses and the Davidic Son of Man yeah. will come. He's yeah. well, he's committing every blasphemy he can. <laughs> it, it, Wasn't the interpretation of the Son of Man to be almost a nationhood as well? That it was referring to the Jewish peoples? Uh, right. Not like from my study on it. But that is one of the views. Yeah, you can you can say that. Um, and people have like um, what's his name? Anchor the guy who does the Anchor Yale Bible commentary on it. Oh. Not Friedman, is it? Maybe I, I don't. Remember. I don't remember. Uh, he makes a big point out of that, and he makes a big argument out of that or angelic identity. The mm-hmm. point that I find is it's there's so much vocabulary that's borrowed from Davidic yep. lineage and promise that it just has to ignore it. Like there's tons of phraseology about how his kingdom will last forever. So the right. son of man's kingdom will last forever. He will be on the throne forever. So the son of, son of man will la- be on the throne forever. And it's just like so it's there's so much to the lineage of David than it is. Yeah, which is identified yeah. with there will be. Um, you, you get this into typology with the Davidic covenant. Um, the promises made that like his descendants or his seed or his sons Already. will always be on the throne. But yeah. there's but it's always cast in this. Yes, they will be until there's just one who's well, yeah, there forever. It's the, um, I believe I have it in the. Um, so you can do the the like the the corporate mm-hmm. understanding. Um, it 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 ignores the Davidic stuff pretty yeah. hard. Okay. The you know, I, the point that uh, 
back to the resurrection of hope, he quotes the Davidic promise mm-hmm. and it's specifically phrased. I will, and again, the same line, I will raise up one of your offspring. Mm. Then yes. he will have a kingdom and all these things. Yeah. So it's interesting that he points that, that out, that it's, a, I will raise up one of your sons and he will reign and the kingdom will last forever. Yeah. Um, and that's, Again, really cool. Relates to the Daniel 7 thing, relates to Christ. Oh, mm-hmm. it's the resurrection. We're yeah. here. He's raised up. Um, mm-hmm. And so. It, it's also the transition point where it's like, okay, so blasphemy. But then because he did, made the Daniel 7 passage, then it's, mm-hmm. oh, but you're a king with a kingdom then. Yep. And so that what that's what links the blasphemy charge to the Roman charge that yep. of uh, of. Treason. Being, yeah. yeah. Treason, that's it. Which should almost make some of them go, wait, guys, pieces are falling together. Mm. This is a bit weird. But there's, I, you know, mob mentality. Been, well, not just mob mentality. Throughout the Gospels, there's been this lead up of they've been trying to find a way to kill him, trying to find a way to deal with him, trying to find, and then they finally have this thing. And they're just caught up in the moment of the like, we finally have something to get this guy, not realizing that as the pieces are falling into place, this is not the guy you want to kill. I could be wrong with this. It's either at the resurrection of Lazarus or the resurrection of the do- of the one who's lowered or this healing of the one who's lowered through the uh, the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the point where they mentioned where they now plot- plotted to kill him. Lazarus. It is yeah. Lazarus, um, but there's- which ties in a little bit with the resurrection stuff as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we have, uh, he's made, uh, Pilate forces the sign King of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, Which, super the, cool. Yeah, the, the king of the Jews thing is interesting because Pilate says that, he writes it. Um, the Sanhedrin gets really upset. <laughs> like, no, 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 he's not king of the Jews. He claims to be king of the Jews. Well, and Pilate goes, what I've written, I've written. Um, which adds a little bit to the whole legitimacy of his actual role. Mm-hmm. And it, again, the irony stuff. The yes. first time Christ mm-hmm. is proclaimed as king, it's when he's being crucified because he is an alternative king. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so like, there's a lot sad and it's, awful, but it's also so cool. All the pieces from the Bible that are the fitting subversion. together. This yeah. isn't even mentioning any yeah. of the prophecies, the many, many prophecies that yeah. are fulfilled uh, from the old Testament and earlier bits of that Jesus proclaims in earlier in the new Testament, even um, we don't have time to go over all of them. We'll get into a few. I'm sure it could be interesting just to do an yeah. episode just on the old Testament it's prophecies of because Jesus, Jesus says on, with the disciples on the road to, in, how do you pronounce it? Emmaus, Emmaus, Emmaus. Emmaus. Um, he, well, at least the, the narrator yeah. says, uh, and he began to discuss with them all the scriptures that, yeah, mm-hmm. prophesied this. That said this. Well, Kill, it's, don't it's, spoil the fact that we're going to talk about the road to Emmaus I after this. I didn't know that we were. Well, going to. it's it's interesting. <laughs> just just as a quick uh, aside with this pro- uh, prophecies thing, but from Ju- um, Judas's betrayal uh, to the um, to his mm-hmm. burial, twenty seven prophecies are fulfilled. Yeah, uh, generally accepted. Twenty seven prophecies are fulfilled. Maybe uh, more. May, like, like maybe more if you want to make more loose connections. Okay. Uh, I think it's specifically 13 very specific messianic ones. And then about yeah. a yeah. few other um, ones that are like, oh, wow, these just happen to be fulfilled in this. We didn't expect that. Kind well, of and thing. that leads us into the crucifixion. 
mm-hmm. because there's a specific large prophecy out of the Psalms. Yeah, so Psalm 22, um, yeah. commonly called the Psalm of the Righteous Sufferer, um, is the one that Christ quotes from the cross. Um, yeah. And then doesn't Peter quote it in his sermon after? Yeah, he does. I'm yeah. fairly certain he does. Um, but I didn't. I didn't pull that up for for what I have written up here on Psalm 22. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say before we talk about like the prophecy thing, and, and maybe you guys have a different take on this than mm-hmm. I do, and I would be happy to talk about it as well. Um, sometimes in, in an strictly messianic interpretation of Psalms, we lose the dual meaning. We we forget that the Psalm is still about us and God, or it's still about God, or it's still about David, or it's still about, like we, we it has yep. an original context. We cut off a large amount of its power. Yeah. And I think that has happened with Psalm 22, because when Christ quotes it, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It actually came up to me um, earlier this week, I was thinking about it, um, that line, the father turned his face away, mm-hmm. right? That's, I think, that's a misinterpretation of Psalm 22. Right? Why have you forsaken me? It's that God has looked away. But um, I think if you actually read the psalm entirety, it's lament, it's thanksgiving, and then it's praise. Mm-hmm. Right? So it actually goes through a three-piece movement, starting off with why have you forsaken me, and then going into I'm a worm among old people. Right? Like I, and, and it's interesting. The metaphor there is the worm is associated with death, destruction, and decomposition. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's that Christ is made dead. Right? <laughs> that he, yeah. he begins to decompose in order to subvert, um, it's a whole thing. Um, not, I'm not saying the body of Christ decomposed. That's a different issue, and I'm not talking about this in a scientific <laughs> forensic Your body sense. Will not, his body will not, not see corruption. corruption. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the whole... But no, the, the theme is obvious. The theme yeah. is very obvious. And then, so I'm, I'm going to do the bookends. So the first verse, and I'm going to talk about the last verse. Um, and then I'm going to go through and, and talk about some of the, the prophecies that were found in between. Um <clears throat> So then it ends off, they shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it, that he has gone through all these, these pieces that of suffering. That sounds like evangelism. Oh, 100%, <laughs> right? And, and it's, it's not, you have suffered and that's it, right? It's yeah. almost the problem of suffering in a sense, right? And it, it gradually goes around to how thanksgiving and lament can all lead to praise. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. But a lot of times when you hear messianic prophecies being fulfilled, you're going to see a couple of different ones come up. You can see uh, verse 14, I am poured out like water. You could yep. refer to yep. the, the piercing of a side and, and fresh water running yes. from him. Yep. Um, 16 and 17, the broken bo- bones and the pierced hands are directly referenced. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the alternate meaning for those, I'm not entirely sure. Like they say, uh, you can count all my bones, which yes. has been yeah. interpreted to be, it cannot be broken or, yeah. or however that seen, works. I've also seen people reference it as in the people watching him. Yeah. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think the yeah. idea Observing would him. be that he has been lashed and whipped so much that you can see some of his bones. Yeah. That would make more sense. Yeah. Um, and, which was and not in, uncommon. And in the uh, Psalm sense, like the original sense, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like emphasis on the like, the def- the defeat and the shame of his enemies winning over him. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that his bones are visible, mm-hmm. but in all these descriptions about how it's, it's symbols of defeat and death well, and destruction. Mm-hmm. Th- that gets into Carson's. Do, do you mind if I Yeah, don't take this point. Um, there's that gets into another one of Carson's um, 
ironies and it's that the man who is utterly powerless mm. is the one who is all powerful mm-hmm. and yeah. so in the roman world a upright cross at a crossroads or whatever is the symbol of roman dominance right yeah this is and arguably yeah. it's a it's the weird symbol of roma of of pax romana as well right the peace of rome right. brought through the subjugation yeah um and it's hard to think of a like you know person's been whipped, lashed, and like they're 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 Mutilated. suffocating on, on a mm-hmm. on the cross, and they're they're presented in the nude mm-hmm. towards the public. Like there's there's no. It's hard to think of a of a less powerless position. Yeah. Um. And it's, and yet he's actually you know the the image of the invisible God, right? He's mm-hmm. the he's the one through whom all things were made. Um, yeah. Well, and, and even that highlights uh, P- Pilate and Jesus's conversation mm-hmm. where he's like, I could command legions of angels yep. down, but. Well, it, it gets, it gets into Paul's reflection in yeah. Philippians 2, uh, 6 to 8, which is, uh, though uh, he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God, yep. a thing to be yep. grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born into the likeness of men, and being found in human form, humbled himself to becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so yep. in that verse, you just have yep. equal with God, death on a cross. Yeah. Mm. The two opposites. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. it's the idea yeah. of the, the, the crazy irony of yeah. it. Because people, like, th- there's another irony that builds off of that one. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just mind-boggling. Absolutely. And there's a lot of that like in the cross there's a lot of that like shame, destruction, brokenness taken away. Even the references to the law where it's anybody left on a tree is cursed, mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um but in that psalm, Psalm 22, there's yeah. a reversal that Jesus is quoting but like Joel's pointed off mm-hmm. um to me personally that there's like a he's also it's meaningfully reflecting on the whole of the psalm, not just yeah. the bad parts. Mm-hmm. Well, and the reason for that is because yeah. the psalm is liturgical. Yes. Right, which means you don't really quote pieces out of it. It's mm-hmm. the whole or nothing. Yeah. Right, and and that's how psalms would have been performed. So when I say, like, you can't proof text out of psalms, messianic prophecies, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, you can't um, just take the, the, the piece itself. But this one's almost impossible not to because he quotes it right from the cross. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he says <laughs> yeah. it right, right yeah. there, so... But what um, are some of the, what is the redemptive aspect after? Because there's like a bunch, like the Psalm is like a page long. Yeah. It's, it's a longer one. It's 31 verses. Um, yeah. Because there's, take out my Bible. Where so there's a blessing to the offspring of Israel. Yeah. Um, you who fear the Lord, praise him. All of you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. You stand in awe of him. All of you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has heard when he cried to him. Which I think is interesting that there's, has not hidden his face from him is right in there. Because we say that with such confidence that God turned his face away from his only begotten son, right? Um, I think that's interesting. Um, If you were picking up more fulfilled prophecies, there's also the casting lots for the clothing. Yes. um, As well as uh, the dogs encircling him. So that mm-hmm. word um, for dog can actually be used as a derogatory term for Gentiles as well. Jesus yes. uses it. Yeah. He does. <laughs> right. But um, it's it's in a nicer way. Well, no, 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 no. It's in a sneaky way. 
because for the one he's speaking to doesn't see like dogs, they keep dogs as pets. So for them, the, for the person <laughs> he's saying it to sees it as a positive thing. It, it, for in the context of him having his disciples and the Jews, Jewish people behind him. What stories and talk to the Syrophoenician woman. Right. Yeah. Like, um, that comes after him trying to, uh, just following him. And he's like, why are you following me? Right. Yeah. And she's no. like, well, he's like, why would a dog? Yes. Sit at a tape? Yeah, like, Cause I think it's, yeah. she wants, I think it's her daughter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, You're right. Healing. Yeah. Daughter needs yeah. to be healed. Yeah. yeah. And she says this kind of like quiz, um, but it the in the way he's using it with her, it's it's almost like a, he says it. Everybody else goes yeah, and then they don't see that he's like winking at her. Like she gets it, they don't. But yeah, but yeah, the the, the positive stuff is awesome because well, it directly relates to the stuff that comes after. Do, do you mind if I go talk about one more of the ironies that ties into yeah, this? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, the other irony Carson points out is the man who cries out in despair is actually the one who trusts God. Um, and yeah. so <laughs> the uh, sneering like chief priest, teachers of the law and elders, like they cry out in this mocking thing in, in a mocking way in, in Matthew, I think it's 24, 27. Um, I see, he like he trusts in God, let, um, let God yeah. rescue him now, if he wants to, for he said, I am the son of God. Uh, once again, their words are meant to convey a sarcastic, ironic humor. When they say he trusts God, what they really mean, of course, is that is that he his trust could not have been real if it, if yeah. it could not have been valid. And so it's like his trust in God has shown that mm-hmm. he hasn't, doesn't really have a relationship with God. Because if he did, he well, then God be would be rescuing him. Yeah. Mm. Um, but the whole point of it is that he knows where this is going you see that all through like the like matthew all mm. the gospel writers and the readers because they've read the story are go no this has been the plan the whole time god or jesus knows that this is that this is the plan in the garden of gethsemane and he's going for he's going forward willingly yeah but the irony is you know yeah. oh does he trust god well in the moment my god my god why have you forsaken me Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I think that that, that that's also kind of <laughs> ties in with that psalm. Um Yeah. It's it gets into and, and at least this is what I've heard and I don't, I don't at some point I'll have to articulate this better, but if the cross is the greatest example of God's chesed. Yes. Um cuz I've heard his faithfulness. Mhm. His covenantal faithfulness. Yes. Um cuz you can see the trinity at work in the in the cross. Um, God, the son, um, is vindicate, uh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I won't get into it cause it's all built into the resurrection. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yes. And we haven't yeah. even touched on the resurrection yet. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, my no, but, but the whole, the one who, yeah, the one who appears to be banded, who is calling out is yeah. actually the one who is trusting in God. Well, and another cool aspect of that is cause I'm reading uh, a book on Jonah for a sermon I have to do, but it relates to previous episodes we've done mm-hmm. on Jonah such a good is in the prayer in chapter two that Jonah offers. Um, the fish is only sent when Jonah reaches the bottom and the, the seaweed is grabbing around his head and his legs. And he's in the depths of the day, the deep uh, he's in Sheol. He's in the, the mm-hmm. un- place. And then 
three days later, he's brought out. And so there's this connection with so many connections between Jonah and Jesus yep. is it's only when Jesus is at his, the, the, the worst it could be, yep. the, the mock, the crucified, the, the, the death, cut yep. up, dying, the most shamed, the most mocked, the most helpless, like Paul presents mm-hmm. that Jonah and Jesus are rescued. Raised up, and I, yeah. If yeah, as long as I am remembering it right, that's reflected in the psalm itself, is it not? Um, his resurrection is not really no, but the the faithfulness aspect. Yes, oh, like yeah. God is going to oh, God will bring yeah, me through whatever yeah. I'm going through. Well, not just that. The psalm ends with that. You already mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have it in front of you? The final verse. Yeah, uh, posterity shall serve. This is the last two verses because they kind of yeah. work together. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming. Gen- it shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done mm-hmm. it. Yep. Right? Which is what we're doing right now. Yeah, Ironic. It's kind of cool that we're- part of the fulfillment of the psalm is maybe us. Yeah. Which is like the whole thing with liturgy is that eventually it becomes you. Yeah. Uh, it's I don't know. It's well, participation. Wow, that's it's so super cool. deep. Joel. Participation in in scripture, which yeah. I think yeah. is super interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't yeah. put this in the notes, and this is going to be kind of a little left field, but I wanted to talk about something because I was reading on on idolatry, and I think okay. there's a cool thing going on with the cross. Um, so for one, Christ is raised up, much like the snake in the in the desert on yep. on the staff, like Jesus mentions in John three. Mm-hmm. And those who look upon him shall be healed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's a, a weird thing there. But there's this idea with um, idolaters that they are looking for salvation in, in a piece of wood. Yes. Right? So I think there's an, an amazing inversion that happens that salvation finally comes hanging on a tree. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. and, and I mean, I that's that, ironic. That refers well, back to the, the tree of life, of well, course. But um, Yes. Well, it's and, funny because the tree of life is now the tree of death. Yeah. Oh, oh man. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Death. Uh, life through death. Yeah. Um, Deliverance from death through yeah. death. Yeah. Um, also, it's, if we want to get into light image of God, image of Christ stuff, yes. it is, if the image of God is supposed to be like, quote unquote, idols or icons mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. God, things that represent a God, Christ is the representation, the true image of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that is being hung. So even mm-hmm. with the idol stuff, the false idol, he is the true mm-hmm. idol. Yeah. The yeah. only path to the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. When you look at him, you see the Father. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But that brings us to his burial. So he dies. He, he dies. He did. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what's, God what's the last thing he says? Dies. It is finished. It is finished. His I work has been finished. Team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, He's taken down by Joseph of Arimathea after he requests the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ladies prepare, um, the women that followed him prepare his mm-hmm. body and put it in the... Mm-hmm. And the veil was torn. Yes. And earthquake. Yes. And, and sky and darkness. Some, and some and maybe tombs opened. Could, could someone remind me? Because I was reading up on it. I just, I'm getting it wires crossed my brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joseph of Arimathea, does he go to, he goes to Pilate or Herod to Pilate. for the bear? It is Pilate. It is yeah. Pilate. And then Pilate's the like, he can't be dead already. Yeah. yeah. And then, oh, oh, he is. Okay. Well, yeah. and that goes with the no broken bones thing, because yeah. if he had left, if he had been there, 
so that he would hang on the Sabbath, they would have broken his bones. Yes. So that he yeah. would die before the Sabbath. Yeah. Also, yeah. the piercing of the side to, and blood and water come out. He's already dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's, it's one of the apologetic things. I know, like, we don't have to get into it massively, yeah. but one of the apologetic things that I've heard is, well, he wasn't, he didn't really die. Like, he was just close to death. Yeah. The swoon theory. Yeah. Romans know how to kill people. Very skilled at it. Like, more than most others. Yeah. yeah. Second mm-hmm. only to the Assyrians. Yes. As we've talked. Yeah, normally because yeah. they dissected them. Look back to our <laughs> yes. Jonah episode for that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Nahum. Nahum. Yeah. 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 Um, no, it's also assuming that. Mm-hmm. You're telling me he wakes up in a dark tomb, rolls away a stone by himself, appears to the disciples as someone who almost died. Walks a and, fair distance. Yeah, and they go, man... God raised him from the dead. You're yeah. telling me that man wouldn't look f- horrid? Yeah. yeah there's there's no other real explanation from yeah. that point. Regardless yeah. of the theological problems in Passion of the Christ, just watch that for reference to what someone would look like mm-hmm. after the crucifixion. Yeah, I was going to talk about it earlier. I just didn't get a chance. But the Passion of the Christ has a few yeah. interesting bits thrown in here and there for dram- drama's sake. But generally speaking, is a beautiful and horrible representation of what actually happened. It's auto, it is auto cry for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's hor- it's horrifying. Ho- yeah, horrible in that the events are horrible. Yeah. Beautiful in that yeah. this is this is the love of God in, on display in 4K. Not just that, there were countless <laughs> oh my goodness. Not just that, there were countless stories of non-Christians going to the theater yeah. and watching the movie Dude, and weeping. It outsold Spider-Man 3. For months on end. Not only that, they make a reference to it in Deadpool about it being the highest rated R, the highest earning R rated film. Wouldn't surprise me. It's wonderful. That's funny. I, I, I've never yeah. been able to sit through the whole thing, to be honest with you. I watched not, it. Not out of boredom. I am just not good with gore. I watched it's, it right it's before going on a yeah. missions trip. Makes I, me ball my eyes out. Yeah. Quick, quickest, quick, small point. Uh, reading the reviews for that movie are wonderful because it's a mix of this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And I brought my children to see this. I, they're not going to sleep ever again. An hour of the two-hour movie yeah. is Jesus getting whipped. As we're talking oh, about so Jesus's passion, not the whole yeah. week, but Jesus's death and resurrection, a wonderful representation if you want something more visceral than the... Uh, how many people would assume the general Sunday school tamed down version. Yeah. It gives a very uh, dramatized, but real version of something that would have happened. Mm-hmm. Kill. Are you okay? Yep. It's a lot. It's, it's, <laughs> it it's is. a lot. Well, I mean like for us Christians and this is getting less from the text, but like this is everything like the, like with we, at part of being a Christian is confronting the fact that you are a wretched sinner. And then when you watch that scene or you read the Bible, read the Bible, and then you see that scene as like a supplementary thing, it just puts into your vision just like the, he did that for me? Well, well it, it's, it gets into the final irony that Carson pull, pulls yeah. up. It's that they, the people, the people watching, the scribes mm-hmm. and the Pharisees and the, and the, the, the priests, um, the final one, is that uh, they say, hey, he saved others. What, he can't save himself? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing is, no, by not saving himself is how he saves others. Yep. And it's yep. because he didn't save himself, because he took our place, because the wrath of God was poured up upon him, 
and he didn't he bore it all yeah so that we don't have to yeah and it's and just oh it's so it's wonderful mm. it's, with that and with what mm-hmm. josh was saying there's a reason we're talking about this in between our series is that this is the most important event as we claim in history let alone the most important event in the christian worldview yeah, yeah. well it's 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 the turning point of the christian calendar not just yeah. the christian calendar it's the, the world's calendar the most, well that's his birth for whatever it's reason. the yeah. it's the Christmas is more important, right? <laughs> this point, this moment, is the result of every sin, and as Paul later goes into, all of creation is leading up to this. Yeah, it's well, it's yeah. it's it's the promise that things will not continue to be this way. Yeah, is is what the resurrection is. Yeah, the death um, of death. But that, but you can't have the the resurrection without the crucifixion. The crucifixion yeah. without the resurrection. And that, yeah. Uh, Caleb, in our notes, put up a really good quote on this. Um, Caleb, do you mind if I read it? Absolutely. Go yeah? for it. Okay. So it's by Moltmann. Um, Jürgen Moltmann, which is a Jewish, yeah. not a Jewish, sorry, German, um, a German Reformed theologian. Yeah. Um, in The Crucified God. And he says, to understand the death solely in the light of the resurrection would rapidly lead to a Christ myth in which the death of the bringers of the salvation was an important fact, but not Jesus himself and what brought him to the cross. If this death were considered only in the light of the life he lived, ultimately neither the death nor the life of Jesus would have any special importance beyond that of the comparable life and death of a great prophet or demagogue. It is the same Jesus who was crucified and rose from the dead and this must be the starting point of Christian faith. Then only on integral consideration from both points of view constantly relating to the two aspects to each other can do them justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the point that in my church, my pastor, my youth pastor, and myself kind of put in like every sermon is uh, Christ lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have should died. Die. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and I think, I think what Moltman does here that I really like yeah. is he acknowledges that the tension that good Christian theology and good Christian understanding of Christ should have. Is he the exalted sitting at the right hand of the father that based on his resurrection and the future hope that he has brought with it and the, the submission to God's plan that he had uh, that that he that he showed in the crucifixion is that all true? Absolutely. That is the yeah. he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Yes. On the other hand, was he also the one who interacted with first century culture, who mm-hmm. talked to the high priest, who talked to the disciples, who who walked in history in moments, and actually interacted with normal people, and and that those two things meet, yeah, and both occur. Not just in the crucif- in the crucifixion and resurrection, but in his life. Yeah. And so Moltmann, at least I, one of the reasons why I like this quote, is because he he acknowledges that that is the starting place for for yeah. proper Christian understanding of Christ. Yeah. Mm. He died. Yeah. yeah. He was buried. Yeah. Yeah. And embalmed? Embalmed? Was he embalmed? No, he was prepared. Embalming is like a take That's his, what they take his fluids out do. and yes, you're right. <laughs> He was not embalmed. No, there was uh, some uh, uh, some death spices 
Yeah. Death. Okay, that's why that's why phone bombing was. Shows how much I know. Uh, uh, perfumes and stuff to make the body not smell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then he's wrapped. Josh, can you repeat that thing that you said you and your pastor go over? Because I yeah. just want to kind so, of get mm, that on both. It's a thing that's repetitive, repeated a lot in Reformed sermons. Okay. Is usually so in Reformed sermons you have to end with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Every sermon has to end with Christ yeah. um, because it's part of the understanding that all of the word leads to Christ. Mm-hmm. So um, it's Christ lived the life I should have lived and died the death I should have died. Mm. And the point of that is with the whole substitutionary atonement yeah. is he lived obedient to the law. I didn't. Mm-hmm. He died the under the wrath of God, which I didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, was a good example. Yeah. Moral and it leads this leads us to the resurrection. Yeah. Not a moral influence. Um yes, uh, immortal influence. Because Ooh. uh because the fact that he lived the life we should have lived yeah. under the law and died the death we should have died, mm. that clears us of our sin if we believe we have faith in him, we are a part of him. Um, and the resurrection, because we're part of him, we gain the benefits of being with him. Um, and so that leads us into the resurrection part, but I wanted to read one verse because where is this one verse that I put down? Oh, uh, Peter, the the chief disciple, uh, gets into this. The Pope? How dare you? I'm sorry. Uh, First Peter the 1 3. Patriarch? Yeah, he says, uh, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. from the dead. Well, and it gets into Paul's whole thing where it's like, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, we should be, yeah. we should, what is it, known as, we should be mourned as the chiefest, as the, not the chiefest, the, as the least. We should of be fools? pitied above all. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Something to do with fools, though. I thought I might be yeah. mixing my yeah. understanding. Different. The pity above all, I think, is yeah. actually we should be pitied above all people. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But, yeah. but yeah, there's a. Um, I have another verse later as we get into it, but we need to like talk about the resurrection. But mm-hmm. it's specifically P- Peter attaches our promise of new birth to the resurrection, the freedom of sin and the justification through the death and the life of Christ. And the new birth through the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we die with him through baptism and mm-hmm. we raise with him in new life. Well, and that's and that's why baptism is is it's presented throughout yep. the New Testament mm-hmm. as both the crucif as the the our method of identification with Christ's crucifixion and with his resurrection. Yeah. And that is why it's normally associated with that is where the at least symbolically, maybe depending mm-hmm. on who, which tradition you follow, that is where new life begins. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, and there's that gets into uh, already, but not yet. Mm-hmm. The, and then Paul gets into that with how live as though you have the new life. Sorry, live as though you are resurrected. But yeah, walk yeah. with the newness of life. Yeah, yeah. is a um, good phrase. And so, Jesus is resurrected. What happens? What does that look like? Joel, go. Um, I think there's uh, some importance we often put on 
it being women that find him first, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. um, you find that in apologetic debates. You also find that in um, the some some of the authority of women and yep. uh, church stuff. But I, I think it's most important when you come to apologetics um, that even if you didn't want to believe, you still were f- were faced with evidence. Yes, you know that kind of thing. Like if if two women were up to you, you had the legal authority to say your opinion doesn't matter. Yep. Right in in the well, Roman world. Yeah. Um, well, not just that. The uh, uh, I don't know if it's in the Talmud, but mm-hmm. in uh, Jewish literature, there is a line that it says the two witnesses that are despised above all are shepherds and women. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this also gets lightly. It's funny, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's horrible. It <laughs> gets a little bit into. Just some minor apologetic stuff as well is that if, if say, the uh, apostles were to make up the story or if they were to mm-hmm. pull forward, why would they put forward such a quote-unquote pitiful story of themselves? Because um, yeah, they don't yeah. believe it right away. There's no glory. No. Mm-hmm. There is a glorious resurrection of Jesus, of course, but it's presented in a less glorified way than you'd expect. Because yeah. like, there is no army that comes out of the grave uh, it's not the men who come there's to not him. a cross the great... that's with its head in the clouds talking like yeah. is yeah. in the uh gospel yeah. of what is it gospel of peter i think it's gospel thomas thomas yes yeah. that's well, the one that's... where his head's as high as the clouds or yeah. whatever yeah. and yeah. the cross behind and him. so the reason yeah. the women that talk see it yeah. first is yeah. because they're going to dress the body mm-hmm. fair again. enough i just let's break this down a little bit can everyone yeah. go over their favorite post-resurrection moment <laughs> like the thing oh, that happens i was just going to describe the like women event okay yeah go for yeah. it yeah yeah. Uh, that'll be mine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So this will be my favorite event because they're all great, but the, so the women going, they go to do just a natural thing with yeah. burial practices. Mm-hmm. You go and you uh, dress the body. You give, you put on more of the like frankincense or myrrh. I forget exactly which of the substance it is, but the, the burial perfumes mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. to make the body not smell bad because they were in open yeah. things with stones over them. Mm-hmm. Um, like open, what are they called? Tombs. Tombs. Tombs? Castles. Yeah. yeah I thought there was a longer word. But, um, well, nor- normally, normally they, uh, it'd be an actual whole cave like yeah. system. Yeah. They would have multiple bodies in it. Yeah. For like um, families, right? For families. Yeah. yeah. However, specifically, Jesus was put in one where no one had been yeah. laid yet. And that gets into the whole him being buried as a criminal. And yep. uh, yeah. and that's all criminal. gets into like Jewish yeah. cultural laws yeah. and all that kind of but stuff. But that was the point of Joseph of Arimathea. He puts him in his tomb that he hasn't used because he's for his family. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's not dead. Um, really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would explain why he could you know do <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, Josh stating the obvious again. <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, so they go into dress the wound and they're like the stones rolled away. There's no Roman guards. There's no Roman guards. That's weird. And they meet a man. Mm-hmm. And they say, "Why are you uh why are you here? Did you did you not listen listen to Jesus when he nope. said Nope, that's the angels with the disciples." Yep. Mary is crying cuz they think they've they've yep. moved Jesus. And then Jesus comes up and is like, "Hey, why are you, why are you crying?" And she's like, "Oh, you're yes. the gardener." Like, yeah. "Where did they yeah. tell me? Where did they where did you yep. move the body?" And he's like, "Hey, um Hello. And then she <laughs> runs up, grabs him, and he goes, hey, uh, you can't touch me. I need to ascend. Which, I don't know what that means. You know, don't, don't cling on to me. That's, sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, is there something cool going on with him being mistaken as the gardener? Right. 
Well, I don't not know. The, it's not the only time he's mistaken. He's mistaken quite a few more times. Well, yes. As well. Yeah. The but, the Emmaus event. He's yeah. just another guy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The gardener and like Eid and like yeah. Eden and like a proper restoration to yeah the the idea that humanity is back as the gardener of uh, we're on the up and up. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's might just be a little nod, might be nothing to it's, me. Well, to me it feels like this is the first time when once again man has walked in the garden with God. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's something going on there whether it's explicit or not. Mm-hmm. Um, um but yeah, and then they run back to the disciples and they're like, "Guys, this is and they're like, "No." And then Peter just like books it. Yeah, and then John outruns yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. John specifically. Yeah. It's written specifically. Yeah. 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 Um, a little bit of a... The one that I, Jesus I bet loved. John and Peter had a fun relationship. But here's the thing. Peter's married. He's probably like, I don't know. Who knows how old he is at this point? He's mid-30s. Traditionally held as the oldest. Yeah, mid-30s. Mm-hmm. And then John is traditionally held as the youngest. And so it's some teenager yeah. beating him. <laughs> yeah. Arguably middle-aged man <laughs> and running. Yeah, because yeah, Peter and Jesus are the only ones that have to pay the temple tax. Mm. Yes. The stated two have paid the temple tax when they enter. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was the proof behind it. Yeah. So that's one of the arguments. Mm-hmm. It's not like, because it, it just states that they're the only two to pay it. It doesn't state... And the others didn't pay. Mm. Although so, it's strange that they would be the only two. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is that they're the oldest and the only ones necessary to, which would put them at a certain age and the rest of the disciples yep. at a certain age. So um, you got John arriving on the scene faster yeah. than Peter. Um, and Peter finds the uh, the head wrap folded. Yeah. Oh, the Shroud of Turin? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That proof is not conclusive yet, though it's getting weirder and weirder <laughs> yeah. as time goes on. Yeah. Um, I put no faith behind it. But. I'm going with probably. But really? <laughs> I Real? think so. Probably. Why not? Is that the only holy relic that you hold? No, if a whole it bunch. is proven, whole bunch then yeah. Then, but <laughs> why What's not? the stat? Isn't it like there's enough pieces of wood that are part of the cl- cross the that it makes cross. up like oh. 13 crosses? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. 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 There's a couple That's crown so of thorns. To be fair, I wouldn't doubt if one of those shards of wood were probably from I the actual know, cross. I mean, I guess. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> a lot of these things were collected not like only a few hundred years after. Yeah, a few um, hundred years. Yeah. After the Romans would have continued to crucify people on yeah. those crosses. I don't know where any of this wood in this room came from. And it's less than a hundred years ago that it was cut down. Well, most of most That's of true. the stuff here are uh, sawdust and glue. Yeah. Well, That's and true. some of them got burnt up and... Church one, fires and yeah. regardless, regardless, yes. um, favorite post-resurrection moment. Colton That's goes next. That's such a weird way to phrase it. I don't know why I did it. Like, well, <laughs> if sure, I'll go next. Yep. Um, for going post-resurrection, there's quite a few things that I think are really obviously the whole resurrection story, gospel in general. I think is fascinating. It's hard to pick something. If I had to pick one, it would probably probably be um, Thomas's doubt. Um, mm. Oh yeah, that one's. That For me, I just, I find it I have a- really interesting from both an apologetic standpoint and just a believer doubt how that works mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. uh, standpoint, as well as just how it ties in with the resurrection. I um, dunk on Thomas. I have another Thomas one. Thomas is great. Can, can I yeah. go over You the have Thomas another stuff? one? I'll have, I have another one after we go around. Okay. Yeah. Joel, you um, want to go? I don't know. Well, with, with Thomas, for those who aren't fully aware... Um, 
He doubts. Yeah, well, he call, uh, Thomas is not in the house uh, when Jesus arrives to the disciples. Yeah. Uh, Jesus comes to them. It's like, sup? They're like, wow, Jesus, you're pretty cool. He goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas comes back. <laughs> goes, yeah, there's <laughs> no Doors way. are locked you during guys, this time. He just... Yep. He walks through the wall. Beams he? in, yeah. teleports, beams out. Um, That's what the new body's like, boys. Get ready for the resurrection. Maybe yeah. <laughs> you can no clip. <laughs> God mode activated. Anyway, um, Thomas comes back. Goes. There's zero way you saw the resurrected body of Jesus. There's no way. Um, and yeah. I might be messing up this account, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, yeah. But Jesus appears. And he's like, yeah, I don't, I'm still, I'm not sure until I feel the uh, the wounds on your hands um, no. kind of thing. I, I will not believe. And uh, Jesus kind of gives him a bit of sass, but lets him touch. Um, but it, it, the awesome thing in that section is then Jesus makes a comment to, again, yeah. us, mm-hmm. yes, where it's like, yeah, but there will be generations yeah. that, that haven't it, seen. Blessed is the one who believes but has not seen. Yeah. You have believed and you have seen. Blessed is the yeah. one who has believed but not seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the the touching of the hands, at least apologetically, is a very interesting remark. And in, yeah, no, this is the not only the physical uh, resurrection of Jesus, which is John is including that probably also to help fight the heresy that uh, Jesus was not bodily resurrected, but was in spirit only. And so mm-hmm. by Thomas touching his wounds, yeah. it is the physical, actual body of Jesus who died and, and rose again. And also being that it's John, it's also a subtle, he makes a, there's a connection there between when he sees, uh, when he, in Revelation, when he mentions that uh, the Lion of Judah can open can open the scroll, mm-hmm. but yep. he sees a lamb as though as it has been slain. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's in chapter four Sees Jesus revealed, healed, but as though he's been, he has the crucified marks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and so going off of that, yeah. it is interesting that the glorified, true, beautiful, uh, eternal <laughs> God of Je- uh, God, uh, body of Jesus, is scarred and quote unquote deformed mm-hmm. from the horrible event that's well, happened. It's, it's almost as though. Hmm. I don't want to say it's his true form. No, but. it's almost as though salvation. The, the method of salvation brought about by, made by love is brought into the Godhead in the incarnation and yeah. Christ's ministry. That, it's also a reflection of who he is, like what he's willing to do, right? This is the, our God is the one that takes the crucifixion for us, mm-hmm. yeah. the death for us. And so it's implicit in him. Yeah, it's also that not he something God's is the a, one wounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also not something God's ashamed of. It's not something that is oh, a yeah. permanent scar on him, but something that's part of his glorified and perfect yeah. body. This <laughs> this is the moment of his glory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joel, badass moment. <laughs> is that what we're branding? <laughs> is that what we're calling them? Okay. Post resurrection um, moment. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say when you know clip through the wall. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's pretty good. I just—that's the one that, like, as a kid, I'm like, "What do you mean?" And that brought me the closest to Gnosticism. I think it's super weird. <laughs> the closest to Gnosticism because it's like it's a—that's a classic, like that's a classic trip. That's up. Ghost Powers 101. Yeah, right. Right. Well, well, kind right. of, kind of. He because he he no clips in, and then he's like, "Hey, you got some food and water?" Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like it's a real body. Ghost so it's like it's eat. not ghost. <laughs> it's it's physical yeah. body. And yes. Yeah, and then that's right before uh, yeah whatever. Because yeah. um, the doors Thomas are locked. Stephen, yeah, but Thomas. So it's 
Hmm. So what if he couldn't do that and he just broke into the building? Well, here's, <laughs> he just broke through a window. <laughs> Caleb? Uh, mine, Wait, no. I thought that, that was, was your best. Time there. I, mean, I, I thought the like no you, clip was pretty explanatory. Like yeah, okay, I'll go with no clip. Yeah, you go. <laughs> mine is the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Okay. Mm. Um, because the whole point is that it kind of indicates, Jesus comments with them, kind of indicate that that like, hey, if you understood the Old Testament, you would see this coming. Yep. You would yep. know this. Yeah. And that to me is the big challenge of, hey, Caleb, yep. if you were better at biblical theology, you could see this. <laughs> yeah. Oof. No, but it's also, it's people leaving town talking about it. Like it, like kind but, of, they go and then they immediately go back. Well, yeah, but because they also Jesus hiding his identity just for the sake yep. of, of bringing them revealing to them information yeah. is a interesting idea. Mm-hmm. That but also God, happens in a lot of movies. Yeah. It mm-hmm. also happens multiple time in the gospel. Face reveal. <laughs> but 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 <laughs> but the the idea that he's obscuring God, himself. Yeah, well there's the whole concept of like the hiddenness of God sometimes. Yes. You, you get across it in some systematicians. Mm, the mystery. The veiledness. Yes. Where God doesn't just mm. reveal himself in all yeah. of his magnitude to everyone at all times. Yeah. Yeah. And there's right? a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's, I, I'm, I know I'm making stretches, but the idea that Jesus is willing to hide his identity from people that he loves, that love him, for the sake that they will learn something yeah. in that moment is okay. interesting. Well, yeah. it's also the yeah, yeah. relationship of when you come to know him is when you come to see him for who he is. Like mm-hmm. as they, as Jesus steps them through all of this, they come, there's a, there's an element in when, which. No, when, when they eat, when they stop. Yes. They're going to eat. And then he's, they break bread, they pray. And then it's like, Boom, and then yep. he's like, "See ya," oh, and then yeah. warps out. But yeah. but the the fact that it <laughs> happens, no clips out. Yeah. the fact that it happens after he's taught them the whole thing. If you've seen the old te- if you've read the Old Testament, you will see this, and he steps them through it. And so it's through this, like when you know when you've got intellectuals or atheists that have like, I've read the Bible and it's whatever, yeah. right? But it's like, but it's through the deep study, the prayerful meditation, the blah blah, and going it through some it, level and, of of or, generosity than the. Minimum. It's a yeah. high demand piece of literature. Yeah. It's not easy for a 21st yeah. Yeah. century anyone yeah. to fully understand how the a, yeah. a book full of many genres with yeah. many perspectives all have their localized meaning and their meaning tied together. Yeah. And they're highly complex works even in that. Yeah. The, yeah. It's not the mm-hmm. other uh cool moment is uh the when they're fishing and they see him on the beach and they like Peter runs out yep. off the boat and like runs out to him yeah. and Jesus has already barbecued up some fish <laughs> for them on the beach. And it's just like, it kind of has like, that must've been a nice day, but like it's so down to earth. So yeah, like post resurrection after all they've been through and what they're about to go through. It's like this nice lull where it's like the boys are at the beach. Peace. peace <laughs> Finally. Right. They're eating good food. Right. And then it's just this heartwarming moment with Jesus and Peter. Well, with where, with, sorry. Yeah. Ahead. Where Jesus says, uh, do you love me? Yep. And Peter says, yeah, you know, 
You know I do. Rabbi, then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Then lead the church. Do you love me? Then yeah. Lord, Why are you, know you saying this? Yeah. Right? And the the purpose behind that is Jesus is making him say I love you three times as a counter to his mm. re- yep. his his three rebukes. Rebukes of Christ three times. Or how about there's there's an aspect too when Peter's he, they're having that discussion yeah. and then Peter kind of what's set up in the text yeah. is kind of Peter looks over at John essentially. Yeah. And then Jesus is like, ah, it doesn't matter. If, it's not up to you, some people who yeah. are to to live until I come back or yeah. not. You follow yeah. me. Yeah. So it's like, I have plans for other people. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah. You individually. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, there's a couple moments in the gospels, at least to me, where yeah. it's like, what does this person say? What does this person say? What do you say? And there's, and I think to me, that's another one of those moments of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other people, they got their own stuff. I have my own plan yeah. for them. You, what are you follow do? me. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's so for Peter, that must've been, cause like that wrecked him. He weeps <laughs> after he hears the crow and after all this, and then the, the God who died for him resurrected says it's okay. Well, you you mix that which is beautiful, but you mix that like, with him jumping into the water before they yeah. even come to a shore. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask because I did a light study, but I don't know how true this is. Is it a connection to him walking on water and not having faith? So it's not him walking on water again, but him jumping into the water with the faith he's going to see Christ. Not that I think. No. Not that I've seen. Not a parallel of any kind. I, I think know. there's a at it's least a cool thought be, though. I like that. Mm. I think at least there's because it's the same guy at the lake with Jesus. Like it's there's at least an allusion to it, but I don't think it's saying too much. Sure, like it's saying like the Peter now is not the Peter then. Sure, like the Peter now is the one that's willing to jump out before he's called. Mm-hmm. He sees him and just goes. He says he loves him. He doesn't deny him. Like this mm-hmm. Peter's not the same Peter mm-hmm. post resurrection. Yeah. All of these guys aren't the same guy after that they were before. Because of the resurrection. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a happy ending. Yeah. Can, can you well, believe Well, and the beginning of a tumultuous life. Yeah, yeah. less yeah. so happy ending. Yeah. Well, you get Paul with the, hey, I've found the secret. And yeah. yeah. Plenty and less and this well, and that. Paul yeah. comes by when nobody's happy anymore. <laughs> the way somebody put it was every character has in the Bible has times where they're like, doing stuff against God, doing stuff for God, denying him, going stuff with him. And Paul, when he's attacking Christians or spreading the church, it's 100% for God all (laughs) the time through his art. There's never a point where he's like, I don't know about God. (laughs) It's just what he's sitting for God. (laughs) He just needs to be aimed in the right direction. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. And then that leads us into like, you know, you've got the post stories, but like, what does that mean for us? Right. Us Christians, 2000 years later. And I specifically want to read this passage from Corinthians, Mm -hmm. um, which is super cool because it relates to the, again, the, the Peter passage, the same guy we were just talking about says, uh, a reiteration, praise be to God, the father, the Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Then he says, then Paul in first Corinthians says, so is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Mm. It is sown in weakness. It is raised 
in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. The first man was from the earth, Adam, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those of the dust. As is the man of heaven, so also are those of heaven. heaven. Just as we've been born of the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. So when Peter's alluding to this new hope, this of a new birth, the idea is that we die with Christ, we raise with him. The way we see Christ generally, there might be some things that are God-specific there, um, but that post-resurrection Jesus, the promise is the same. Hmm. Do you mind... I know this isn't in the notes. Mm-hmm. Um, if I read out my conclusion for my resurrection paper that I did in a Christology class, yeah, yeah, go for it. I, 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 I co- go over five main like threads, okay. trying to pull it together for what the story can mean for how we should think about God. Yeah. Um, therefore, what does the completion of Jesus' earthly ministry as a, as sealed by the resurrection reveal about God. To name a few, one, God uses the means of rejection, pain, suffering, sin, and death to defeat those very things, rendering that in Christ there is hope and victory in such things as weakness, pain, suffering, and even death itself. The resurrection reveals that God is so good that he defeats evil by its own means and therefore does more than overcome, but breaks their power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Two, the death and resurrection of Jesus reveals that God experientially knows human, a human limitation and death. Um, I know that you can, Josh and I have debated back and forth mm-hmm. on this one. Three, the resurrection of Jesus reveals the lengths that God will go through through for relationship, all because he so loved the world. The cross and the empty grave stand in history as the event where God displayed love, yet from an informed perspective, they stand as God's premeditated and accepted suffering as the linchpin of the created order. Yep. Four, the fact that God wishes to dwell in the hearts of humans through the spirit, which is part of that whole us partaking in the resurrection. Yep. Transforming them. Um, shows that not only does he want to reconcile humanity to himself, but desires to continually to help them be as they ought. And five, Mm -hmm. all of the previous reveals the scope and the glory of God's cosmic plan. It is the resurrection where God does not just overcome evil, death, and chaos, but tames them, proving that he has mastery over things that he himself Mm -hmm. is not. In the resurrection, God, the fully actualized, tamed potential, evil, and chaos. The implications of such things escape one's mind, and they are left uttering the words of Paul, oh, the depths and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I wish I could articulate how the resurrection is interwoven into so much of the New Testament, because it is, it's everything. Yeah. Yeah. well, and I, like of, of course the crucifixion well, is there too, and you should you should really articulate those two things together. Yeah. Um, but they're it's so it's so intrinsically tied and is the foundation for our for our hope. Yeah. 
Um, yes. Today. Our hope yeah. today. Today and for forever. Yeah. Well, and your point about I wish I could conceptualize it, say it into its awesomeness, mm-hmm. right? But that's the end of John's point is like you could write countless books. Yeah. Right. With all the different, there would be not enough ink. Yeah. Not and books to fill the entire world. I think my favorite song in with all of this related is an old hymn where it's uh to uh if ev- on if every man ascribe by trade, mm. every stock on earth a quill, mm-hmm. if the ocean with ink filled and the sky of parchment made, mm-hmm. to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor yep. could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Yeah. Um that is just such a it's beautiful. like he's referencing John, like all yeah. that stuff, but it's just you you couldn't write you couldn't say what it actually means to us. Mm-hmm. You couldn't say what it actually is other than what is written. Other than what is continuously like put into our hearts yeah. every time, you know, like we're praying and crying because it's God just places the impact on our hearts so much. Mm-hmm. Or the fact that sometimes in this episode, some of us have to look away because like it means so much to us as we read it. And, yeah. And what you're like, saying is that it's not, is, is like Caleb said, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. And Josh, it's, there's no. not enough. Um, it's something that despite the fact that we've been talking about the resurrection a lot every day for the past, uh, well, large chunk of our lives. And especially since being at school and moving past that and such, mm-hmm. It's the thing that we always come back to, not in just like, oh man, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I mean, we we do that too. But mm-hmm. here, look, we say, hey, look, here's this new angle that we didn't think about, about the, the resurrection. What do you think? All right, this is how it ties in with this. This is how it ties in with this. Oh my gosh, there's another beautiful angle to this whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The depth and intrigue and, and far-reaching nature of this one single event, not just in history, but even in the Bible, but also in history. Um is I don't want to say unfathomable, but I think it's the right word to yeah. describe just how it's not just how we feel, but there's so much there. I uh, mean, and we get to spend eternity with the guy and <laughs> praise him and worship him and talk about it and everything for eternity. Like mm-hmm. this is what we will be praising him for. For the rest of time, for e- infinity, yeah. it's one of those like, like the Christian religion makes some wacky claims. Oh yeah, like in general, yeah, yeah right? a little bit. This is to me, this we is the, the body of our God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty wacky claim. <laughs> like, yeah, but to me, it's this <laughs> that God Himself was crucified in Christ. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and that's that's yeah. the gospel, right? Death and resurrection. Yep. That's all you have to say, and then everything else is built upon that, right? Yep. Um, yeah. And concentric circles of gradual, like, more and more importance to where it's on a cosmic scale. And that's really cool. Um, and I think as we head into Easter, that's kind of going to be the focus. It should be the focus of most Christians. Yeah. All Christians, sorry. Um, that... The gospel should be accepted and understood in a second and then studied 
and expected for eternity. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that whole idea, right. Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a really good line in the yeah. same way that the crucifixion references all that came before. It also builds everything that'll come after. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. that's all I got to say on it. Yeah. How are you guys going to be formulating your thoughts before Easter? Easter's pretty cool. You guys, that's any, any special traditions or anything you're going to be going into? Oh, that's a, this is, we this could end up being longer conversations, yeah. but if you just want to touch well, on no. some stuff. I watched The Passion of the Christ on Good Friday. Yeah. But I not religiously. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> no, I, I do, I do watch it religiously. Yeah. We were having a conversation in like a Tim Hortons or whatever. And Caleb goes, um, I watched The Passion of the Christ religiously every Good Friday. And I'm like, it'd be weird if you watched it. No, no, no. I haven't been this yeah. single year. There's but a it's not a religious thing. Somehow I always end up watching Passion of the Christ every Good Friday. Not religiously. <laughs> it's like something comes upon me. You know? I, I don't know. I, secular viewing every Good Friday. I don't know. I... Black Friday. I don't think we have enough. Like every Christian alive has presented this point that we don't make a big enough holiday of the Easter weekend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of Good Friday, yeah. the death, the resurrection. I, I sort of joked about it earlier. Yeah. I, I don't know well, we did, but then it. we stopped celebrating Lent as Protestants. Well, that's that's the thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. you guys. So, sorry. My some church still practices. Yeah, but like yeah, not as extreme as some of me, them. But. You're right. Uh, all our um, nerfed pro- Lent, didn't you? All our sermons are Lent themed. Okay, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Things aren't draped Things in purple. Broke. You're right. Huh? Yeah, I- I'm just bugging him now. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's we should do more. Um, we do do. Um, we have an Easter service. The so in the Reformed Church, specifically our church, but. We have a service the night the the night Jesus is crucified. Yep, in the evening, um, and it we it goes through like the crucifixion, like the the trial and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it ends with him dying, and there is no song at the end, mm-hmm. and we go away quiet. I it's like super, it. and weird. we I don't like we don't talk. The, we leave the Anglican Church. Yeah. Um, like some Catholics, they uh, they'll go through like that. Um, they'll go through a very different night service. Yeah. But part of that is they'll be outside the church because a week before they did Palm Sunday, where yeah. they laid the palms and they do yeah. Hos- uh, Hosanna, King of David, and everybody says it. But on Good Friday, they say crucify him, crucify him, crucify yes. him Jeez together. Louise. We do the same. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, I will. I and will then you go that home. seems a little. And then and then they me. will then they grab all the all the instruments and all that kind of stuff hastily, and they wrap everything up that's on the on the uh, the actual. We don't do the all that. We just walk out. Um, but <laughs> it's all it's all done as in like this whatever this is. Wow. It's very interesting, interesting. with well, candles and everything's dark. Is, everything's dark. Well, is the idea supposed to be that we? We're part of the world that that yeah. crucified Jesus. Yeah. Our yeah. sin is what killed him. Yeah. That right. drove the nails okay. in. I, Just I, like I admit, it, the yes. back of my mind goes immediately. This feels sacrilegious, but the front part of my mind's like, yeah. "Oh, there's actually something really cool here." Yeah, the, the whole idea is that <laughs> because we are sacrilegious towards God is what caused his crucifixion. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the whole service on the Sunday, the 
the resurrection Sunday is we repeat like like the songs are all resurrection themed, but the we constantly repeat he has risen, he has risen, he has risen indeed. Mm. He has risen, he has risen. Um and then there's this one song um that we sing, uh, We Will Dance. Um and it's uh <laughs> that it's it's about like like the the celebration at the wedding feast. Mm. Mm. Oh, the, like, I see. In the, the yeah, when, when we actually have the covenantal meal with Christ. Oh, yeah. In the, and it's yeah, yeah. Don't tell that to conservative Pentecostals; they won't go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dancing? dancing, dancing. No, there's going to be wine. <laughs> um, um, Joel, yeah. what? You want to wrap this up for us? I think we're yeah. Let's wrap it up. If you've listened thus far, um, I'm going to make the usual request and say subscribe. And if you're already subscribed, hand uh an episode off to a friend, you know, we're getting the catalog up now. What was 30 or 31 episodes, something like that. That's not crazy. Yeah. We've been at it for a little while. I'm trying to keep consistent uploads, but we've got enough topics now that, uh, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to send them. And we'd really appreciate it. If you helped us kind of spread the podcast out a little bit. Um, yeah, we've got big plans for the future. So Mm -hmm. stick around. And uh, we'll message see you us? next week. Yeah. Oh, email us. Yeah. Email us. Secondratesaints at gmail.com. You know, secondratesaints.com. They've got a DM feature there. Uh, Instagram, DMs are open, you know. Um, yeah. Look out for the polls. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to be doing a yeah. lot of polls. We're workshopping an idea that will help um, our audience choose the topic. Yeah. Um, so as we do more and more topics, you will help direct research. Yeah. So it'll that be, could be really cool. It'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. We want yeah. the interaction, just mm-hmm. like we, like you said before. And we'll be we're, working. Uh, we may have some polls on Instagram, but we also might move to YouTube, um, depending yeah. on, on kind of what our response is, where our, our larger fan base is going to be, um, just because we want to have a, a clear-cut path. Um, yeah, watch out for that, and watch out for our next episode. Uh, coming to you next week. Thanks for listening. Just, uh, just end it.